Rewarding employees for making mistakes. I mean, sounds a little crazy, doesn't it? I, when I first heard about it, I thought, this is absurd. I mean, how many of you have heard about this trend in, in business these days? And you, report, you reward mistakes. Uh, companies like Google, uh, Microsoft, Starbucks uh, were some of the first to kind of uh, step into this territory. Sarah Lee Direct, uh, they, they give executives um, big bonuses for making mistakes. Uh, they, they give a, a, a golden award for the worst buy of the year. Uh, Google, Google gives an award of a trip of a lifetime each year for the bad idea of the year. Whoever had the worst idea of the year, they give an award. Uh, Pizza Hut executive that... Uh, had a kind of launched a marketing campaign to give away these high-tech sunglasses as part of their their giveaway. It totally tanked. I mean, it bombed, and the company lost big dollars, and they promoted the guy. I mean, does this sound crazy to you? I mean, when I first heard it, I had two reactions. First, American industry has gone crazy. Second one, Maybe the church could adopt this policy. <laughs> yeah, like uh, they could award a big bonus for the worst message of the month. You know, that'd be cool. I could use the cash, you know. So, I mean, the object with this, is, as one of the Google execs explained, the object is to get people to take a risk and to remove the fear of failure. The exec that uh, got the promotion after the marketing campaign, he says, if you don't go to the plate and swing, you'll never hit a home run. The guy that won the award for the worst buy of the year says, if you're not making a few mistakes, you're just not trying. And the bottom line, I think, is risk, risk taking is the only road to success. Companies are finding that it's worth rewarding a few mistakes along the way if it encourages execs to take the kind of risks that could bring uh, huge financial rewards. We're in this series, Game People Play, and today we're going to talk about risk. We're going to talk about risk. Risk is one of the games that every single one of us participate in to one degree or another. In fact, Taking risks, I believe, is the only way that you grow, not just in business, but I think in our personal lives and in our spiritual lives. The fact is, you either take some risks along the way, some reasonable risks, and expand your horizon in life, or what happens is you become stagnant, and you live life safely, and in the end, you end up having a lot of regrets. Recent uh, Gallup poll They interviewed people, surveyed people over the age of 95. And they said, what change would you make if you could live life again? And one of the top responses was risk, risk. You know, I mean, let's face it, you don't have to be 95 to look back on your life and wish that you'd been more of a risk taker in life. The fact is, I talk to people all the time, and they, they're just out of, out of high school, and, or they'll talk about, you know, I wish I had tried out for the school play, or I wish I had tried out for the football team. You know, people that talk about, uh, they, as they look back on their life, they wish that they had taken uh, 
some steps to go a little bit deeper, go beneath the surface in a friendship. Uh, I hear it about financial decisions all the time. People say, you know, I wish I hadn't played it so safe, but I did. And so the fact is you can't go back, can you? You can't go back. You figured that out, right? You can't go back and, and seize the opportunities that time's already snatched. But I want to suggest that maybe we can, as we move forward, We can take risks. And what we're talking about is taking risks in one of the most important areas of your life, and I think that's your relationship with God. And that's what I want to talk about today. I mean, what is risk, actually? I mean, to risk is to kind of stretch yourself beyond your normal limits uh, as you're going toward some type of a goal in your life. And invariably, I think that risk involves overcoming some kind of fear. I mean, the fear of the unknown, a fear of loss, a fear of failure, the fear of being hurt, rejected. And in many cases, I think risk means adventure in life. I remember when I was a uh, kid, my uh, neighbor across the street, David Rush, he uh, had a mini bike. And uh, the fact is, we would ride that mini bike for hours and hours and hours. And... uh, Basically, we had to go about a mile from our house out to a trail. And I'll I'll be honest with you, when we were riding that mile out to the trail, the pavement was flat, it was smooth, and it was boring. It was just flat-out boring. It was was a long ride. But as soon as we hit the trail, that's when things got interesting. I mean, the twists and the turns, you know, dodging bushes and trees and boulders and, you know, climbing steep hills and... We, we would race through the creek that was there. And once in a while, we'd jump over hazards that we created. You know, because I grew up, uh, Evil Knievel was really big when I was a kid. So we, like, jumped, uh, jumped over matchbox cars and stuff. We'd line them up and jump over them and stuff. But the fact is, it was facing all those risks that made it an adventure, made it fun. And the element of risk in life, when, when you face your fears, when you overcome your fears, that's the stuff that gets the heart pumping, doesn't it? And I think the same can be said in our faith walk, that if we overcome our fears and take some spiritual risks along the way, that that's really where the adventure of Christianity begins. You know, Jesus said it this way. He says, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. In other words, those that hang on to their life, they're afraid to risk, will lose it. But but those who risk their life for Christ will gain it. Faith, risk. I want to suggest they're intertwined. You know, that as we kind of stretch our, our faith, as we're increasingly following Jesus Christ, even when it comes with a personal cost, even when God's wisdom kind of collides with popular culture in life, it requires us to face our fears. Now, I realize that most people wouldn't associate risk with prayer. True? But I want to suggest that Prayer is terribly risky. I, I know, I know as I say that, some people are going, yeah, but prayer, prayer's for the weak. 
You know, prayers for people that really don't want to take action in their life. And so what they do, they say, well, I'm going to pray about it. And they talk to God a lot, but they don't do anything. Well, friends, I'm here to tell you, it's risky stuff. Prayer's risky. In fact, we're going to talk about two prayers that I think require us to open this box and play the game of risk in life. And the first prayer I want to offer up to you today it is for those that are kind of interested observers of Christianity. You've been, you've been gathering with us and worshiping, and you're kind of casual about your faith. You're checking it out to see what it's all about. You know, maybe, maybe a friend kind of piqued your interest, or maybe a, a crisis rocked your world, or, or maybe you just hit an age where you're kind of dissatisfied, and, and you're thinking, you know, there's got to gotta be more. And so you're looking for answers. You know, maybe you've been visiting for a while, and you're starting to kind of wonder, you know, c- could this stuff really be true? I mean, could, could there be a God that, that loves me, you know, that wants a relationship with me? Or is this just some game they're playing? And I know, because I've talked to many people through the years, that that's where they're at in life. And a lot of times they'll say, you know, I'd like to get to the truth, but they're not quite sure how. And if the truth were known, you're a little bit afraid. You're a little bit afraid. But I'd encourage you to pray this prayer and to take the risk and to just pray and say, God, open my eyes to who you really are. And then I'll open my life to you. It's a simple prayer, but it's life-changing. And I realize that that prayer is full of all kinds of risks. Because if you sincerely pray that in your life, it catapults you from casual status, from observer status, to someone that says, you know what, I'm, I'm really interested. I want to find answers. I want to get to the truth about God. And friends, that prayer is the beginning of an adventure. I mean, by praying that prayer, you're entering uncharted territory for you. You're taking a risk. And some of you, because you're analytic, you read that and you go, wait a minute. There are a lot of other risks involved besides just praying that prayer. I mean, for instance, if you open your life up and you say, okay, God, open my eyes to the truth. When, when God does that, all of a sudden you go, whoa, there are more risks than I want to deal with. I mean, if, you're open, you, if God opens your eyes and you make a decision, you say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall through with this. I'm, I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm going to accept him as my savior. You may see a risk of these kinds of things, like you're going to be stuffed into a moral straitjacket, you know, Oh, no, I'm going to be binded up and I'm going to suffocate because of all this stuff. Some of you, you see the risk that your freedom is going to be snatched from you with a bunch of rules, regulations. And I know how this goes. You're going, I don't need more rules. I need less rules. You know, after all, I'm an American. You know, let freedom ring. And we have a problem with this, but we see a risk. I mean, you might see a risk of becoming somebody you don't want to become. You know, we get these images of kind of a 
wide-eyed uh, follower, Bible thumper going around and punctuating every sentence with amen, right? I don't want to be weird, you're thinking. And the fact is, you just have to step. I mean, I had some of those fears before I gave my life to Christ. But, but there's something I've learned through the decades. And that is, by living by God's plan, I've found freedom. I've found security in my life. In fact, my experience would substantiate what God's word has to say in John 5, verses 3. It says, loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. In other words, I've found that God's plan and God's word actually help me out. They benefit me. How many parents do we have? Let me see parents. All right. How many parents have rules in your house? If you don't, talk to me after service. I can save you some headaches. We don't, as parents, impose rules on our kids to ruin their lives, to make them miserable. I know that's what they think we're doing, but we don't, right? Rules are out of love. Rules are about protecting them from harm, helping them develop their character, helping them develop relational skills in life or vocational skills. It's about helping them grow grow and mature. It's assisting them, hopefully, to reach their full potential as an adult. And rules work pretty good in a relationship where there's trust and forgiveness and communication and those kind of things. Well, I want to suggest that God operates the same way, that God's word's full of wisdom for us to, to allow us to grow and to mature. And because God loves us, because God's concerned about us, wants the best for us, he gives us a few rules. I mean, for instance, uh, God's word says that we should forgive our enemies. Why? So we won't have bitterness build up in our lives. And we talked about that last week when we looked at the game. What did we look at last week? Sorry. I mean, God tells us we ought to be truth tellers in our life. Well, why does he do that? Well, so we can have honest communication so that when your head hits the pillow at night, you have a clear conscience. You can, you can rest well. You know, God says, you ought to focus on me. Make me the main focus. Why, why would God say that? So that... It helps us keep our priorities straight. It helps us from falling into the pitfall of of pride or abusing power. You know, freedom, friends, isn't something that that you lose. The fact is, freedom, we, we have the ability to be who God created us to be. I mean, that's what the kind of freedom God gives us. You know, I could get in the car this afternoon and drive to St. Louis. And because I'm able to do that, you have to think about the fact that we're able to do that because we have highways, right? And we've got traffic lights, and we've got traffic signs, and we've got rules of the road. And those rules, they don't restrict my freedom, do they? It actually allows me to get around and gives me freedom to travel around the country. Well, I want to suggest God's rules are the same way. God, God gives us freedom so that by working with us, giving us some rules, some, some things to live within, 
that it creates an environment in which we can flourish. You know, so we're, we're in reality, we have less risk. We're actually gaining freedom and security. God's word's not going to just crunch us down. I know some of you worry that, well, God, God may make me into something I don't want to be, you know, that I wasn't created to be. But the reality is just the opposite of that. I mean, God wants to help you reach your full potential as a human being. God created you. God made you. God designed you for a purpose. He, he has your best interest at heart. He's not trying to squeeze you in, into a mold. In fact, it's just the opposite. I would suggest to you that without God, you will get squeeze, squeezed into a mold, the mold that the world creates. The Apostle Paul, he said it this way in Romans 12, 1, 1 and 2. Uh, he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. You're not risking becoming something you shouldn't be because God's going to help you be what he created you for. He understands you better than you understand yourself. He's going to take your, your personality and your temperament and your style and your talents and the things you've developed over the years, and what he's going to do is give you a, a new character and some new abilities. And with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, I believe that he helps you to reach your full God-given potential. You know, I, I pray that prayer often if you've been around here. You know, God, help us to be the people you created us to be. Because that's when life's good. You know, Jeremiah said it this way, Jeremiah 29, 11, says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans to make your life a mess, destroy you, and, and make life miserable. That's not what it says. It says plans for good. Not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I mean, friends, what are you risking? Some people say, well, wait a minute. I, I think there's a, a big risk when it comes to my self-esteem. For some reason, we're, we're totally afraid to let down our facade and to admit that, you know what? I've got, I've got problems in my life. You know, we're afraid to come clean. You know, and to just talk to God about our mistakes and our failures. And somehow in our mind we think, uh-oh, if I do that, my self-esteem is going to tank out. It's going to tank out. I'm going to be tarnished. You know, people are going to think less of me, and I'm going to think less of myself. And friends, I want to suggest to you it's just the opposite of that. We've talked about this before. You know, psychologists say that self-esteem, the way you figure out your self-esteem is it's based on the most important person in your life, whoever that is, what they think about you or what you think they think about you. In other words, like, I'll just take an instance. If, if I think my dad's the most important person in my life, then my self-esteem will be based on what my dad thinks of me, and it's not even quite that. It's what I think my dad thinks of me. And the fact is, that can get twisted. I mean, who's the most important person in your life? I mean, don't say it out loud, but think it. You know, is it, is it your spouse? Is it your dad, your mom, your boss? Because what they think about you 
or what you think they think about you. Does that affect how you feel about yourself? You bet it does. Now, here's the thing. What happens when you give your life to Christ is God says, you know what? You, you are the most important. God says, you're fearfully, wonderfully made. And you know for sure, you don't have to guess about it. In fact, the, the Bible, if you read it, it shouts from cover to cover that despite your sins, despite your shortcomings, your failure, your problems, the things you mess up, the things you rebel against and whatever, God says, I've loved you the whole time. In fact, Romans, the Apostle Paul, he writes in Romans 5.8, he says, but God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners... God died for us. While we're still sinners, God died for us. Friends, when you hear something like that, your self-esteem ought to to soar. When you realize how much God loves you, realize how much you matter to God. I mean, if you take a risk, if you take a risk and pray that prayer, open my eyes, God, to who you really are, and I'll open my life to you. Here's what I know. God will answer that prayer. God will answer that prayer. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7, he says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Hebrews eleven six says, God rewards those who seek. Reward comes to risk takers, to people willing to, to pray that prayer. And, and, you know, if you pray that prayer, It changes everything. But let's just say you don't want to pray that prayer. That you want to stay a, a casual observer. Well, there's a downside, and it's a risk also. Because here's what you risk, I think. You risk living your entire life without God's guidance, without God's support, without God's strength, without God there to pick you up when you fall apart. And you risk spending eternity without God. I mean, to me, the potential downside, the, the risk, is, is it's enormous. I mean, just check it out. Just check it out. You know, pray that prayer. Let it start an adventure in your life. Ask God to put people in your life to help you, to put resources in your hands, to to help you understand who he is. You know, read, study, spend time in God's word, read Christian books. You know, A Case for Christ is a a good read in in this area. And then let, let Faith Fellowship help you. Let us help you in this. Take a risk and just pray and say, God, I want to get serious. Open my eyes to the truth. And if you do, I'll respond. Now, I know... The vast majority say, well, I already, I've already done that. I've already taken that step. I've given my life. I'm a follower of Christ. I want to challenge you to pray a prayer that's really risky. But it's one that will change your life. It's a prayer that invites God to stretch you beyond the comfort zone. And it's to just say, God, use me like you've never used me before. God, use me to to mark eternity. God, help me to creatively 
begin to serve others, to touch people's lives, to make a difference in this world and in eternity. That's a high-risk prayer. That's a prayer that says, you know what, God? I want to get in the fray of life. I want to grow. Because if I don't pray this prayer... I'm going to fall into stagnation. I'm going to kind of tank out. I'm going to end up living a very puny, small life. You know, I was watching ESPN the other day, and they had dive competition on. They're getting ready for the Olympics and stuff, and they were showing the high dive stuff. And it, it kind of got me thinking. I mean, how many of you have ever been off the high dive and jumped? All right, remember the first time you got on the high dive? I mean, you climb that long, long ladder to the, that platform up, up at the top. And usually when you get to the top, even if you've done it a couple times, you kind of pause, don't you? Take a breath. And then as you get closer to leaving the platform and going out on the board, feel like your heart's going to just leap out of your chest. And then, and then, you peer over the edge. Seriously, it's like Roadrunner cartoon. The canyon goes forever and ever and ever. I mean, it's a million miles deep. And even though you, you know that it's relatively safe, that the, the physical risk is pretty small, what's the natural reaction when you're here? And grab the rail, right? And there's something that happens. As soon as you grab the rail, your heart slows down. Anxiety drops. You kind of relax a little bit. I hope that girl didn't see me. You know. I was a teenager, okay? (laughs) Here's what I want to suggest. That the reason some of you who are Christians feel like your spiritual life is boring, stale, stagnant, it's because you're grabbing onto the rail and you're just holding tight. And you wonder why your heart's not beating fast. And friends, when there's no risk, the heart doesn't pump. There is no risk when you're holding the rail. That's where it's safe. That's where it's boring. No risk, no adventure. No risk, no adventure in life. But what this prayer does is says to God, walk me to the edge. Take me to the edge. You know, where where I can feel the risk, where I can get serious, where my heart's going to pound and it hurts and it feels like it's going to leap out of my chest and where we want to hold on tight to God because we're in an unknown territory. And this is where I'm going to push this analogy a little bit. This is where God can use us to make a big splash. And to do something with our lives. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm not saying. All right? I'm not saying everybody run out, go to the information center, and sign up for a bunch of ministries. I'm not saying you ought to give more hours to ministry. I'm not saying do more. What I'm saying is formally offer yourself to God and say, God, use me like you've never used me before.
tell God you're tired of being comfortable. You're tired of the comfy, cushy life. That you want him to guide you to that edge where you can impact lives in a way you never have before. It's a risky prayer, isn't it? I mean, how God answers that prayer, it varies as many people as we've got here today. I mean, for some, God will get your heart pumping when you take a risk to to help the needy, you know, to volunteer, you know, at the food pantry or, you know, with Habitat or something like that. For others, it's missions. You know, for some, God's going to open up a door in your neighborhood. You're going to begin to look around and you're not going to see your neighbors the same. You know, the fact is, maybe, maybe your neighbor would take a step toward God if you just didn't ask him. Say, hey, you got to come to Faith Fellowship sometime. I mean, friends, isn't that a risk worth taking? I mean, maybe there are children in your neighborhood that, that God could use you to influence their life. You know, I, I remember my neighbors across the street, Betty and Roger McGowan, and I think about them often. We had just moved into the home across the street from them. I was a kid, and my grandpa died. And they heard about it, and they came across the street, and they, they talked to us and said, you know, they were real sorry. They showed up, at, didn't even know us, but showed up at the visitation and stuff. And I can remember, I, I was in an age where I, I just had a lot of questions. I was trying to figure it all out. And I remember them just reaching out over and over again to us. And then they came over a couple weeks later. And they said, we want to send you to a Christian camp. And we're going to pay for it. We've got everything set up. Would you like to go? Now, they'd already already signed me up. But they go, would you like to go? I'm like, yeah. Sounded cool. And I gave my life to Jesus Christ at that camp. A couple of years later, I started. I went to camp every year after that. A couple of years later, I dedicated my life to ministry. Now, here's what I think about often. What if Betty and Roger had not reached out to me? I mean, who knows what would have happened to me? I mean, would I be standing here today? I don't know. Would I be a Christian? I don't know. I just don't know. But God used them. Several years ago, um, I got a call, and uh, I had the funeral for Roger. And uh, that's a pointed moment. I thought, boy, the angels are celebrating today. But we're sure going to miss him. Friends, God used them. God can use you. For, for others, God's going to use you to impact your friends. You know, you're going to get that restlessness in your spirit and in your heart. And God's going to press you to, to bring friendship and faith together. You know, to, God's going to challenge you to take your, your friendship deeper. You know, to be more honest, to quit glossing over things, to, to allow you to touch their life. You know, for others, God's going to impact your family like never before. Because of your faith. For others, God's going to challenge you to put 
him in the center of all your relationships. You know, maybe God's going to challenge you to sit down with a friend and just say, here's what God did for me. Let me tell you. And friends, that stuff gets your heart pumping. That's the kind of stuff that makes you want to pray and say, you know what, God, give me wisdom, give me courage, give me strength, give me the opportunities. I'm watching, I'm looking, I'm, I'm waiting. For some, it's just going to be basic training. God's going to challenge you to take a risk. We have people around here doing it all the time. I got people learning how to use technology and soundboards and light boards and working with children and they're teaching and they've never done any of those things and God just started training them and teaching them and they've been amping it up over time. And I've watched people, when they pray that prayer, God use me in ways that I've never been used before. I've seen people, when they take that step, they begin to see themselves in ways They've never seen themselves before. I couldn't tell you how many times someone would go, I never thought I'd be doing this. Never in a million years. You hear it all the time. I've watched people take that step. And what what happens is they stop seeing ministry as something other people do. They start seeing ministry as a way God brings adventure, the way God brings fulfillment to their life you know risky prayer though risky to just ask God use me like you've never used me before I am convinced at some point you got the rail you just gotta let go you gotta let God take you to the edge where your heart is pounding where you feel like it's gonna leap out of your chest where you're going to hold on to God like you've never held on before. Because, I mean, what else are you going to do? And you just got to let God use you. Helen Keller, I like, she had a saying, and she said, life is either a daring adventure or it's nothing. Isn't that funny? And I think God used her to mark a lot of people's lives. In fact, we even know her name. It's either an adventure or it's nothing. Risk. It's a game you can play or not play. I mean, you get to decide. It's a, you can either get involved in taking risks or not. But can I just be frank? If you, if you decide you're not going to get involved in risks in life, You're going to live where it's not threatening, where it's all neat and tidy. Not only are you devoid of risk, you're going to miss all the rewards. Wouldn't it be something if you could get to the end of life, when you lay it all down, when you take your last breath, you go, no regrets. At least not because I didn't risk it. You know, I hope when people talk about this church, they say, you know what? That's a church. They make mistakes. They stumble once in a while. But man, they are willing to risk it for God. Wouldn't you like to be that kind of church? 
I want to be that kind of pastor, you know. When you're filing by my coffin, if you don't say, hey, I think he moved. Um, <laughs> next best thing would be, man, he risked it all for God. I like the move thing, though, okay? <laughs> yeah. Let's stand for a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, we praise you. God, we thank you for all the opportunities. God, I know there are some here today. They just need to get off the sidelines. God, give them the courage to just lift that prayer to you. Say, God, I'm looking. If you show me, I'll make a move. I'll give my life to you. God, I pray that they'd take that step and that brothers and sisters around them would step up next to them and help them start their adventure. God, there's many of us here today that pray you'd give us the courage to just say, God, use me in a way you've never used me before. God, use this church. May we mark this area in a way that's never been done before. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise with all we say and do. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.